The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning. This is Jeff Shannon, and this is Sumner County Spotlight. Heard each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here at WHIN. Of course, sponsored by our friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard right here in Hendersonville. For all your banking needs, check out FNM Bank. We have a famous person in the studio here this morning. And you'll know what I'm saying after I read this. You know, after earning his undergraduate degree in music direction from the George Peabody College in 1977, Mr. Rapani, we're talking about Richard Rapani, Ph.D., and he embarked on a career as a professional musician and as a performer, many accomplishments to his credit, including numerous recording sessions and in Nashville studios and among them recordings, one double platinum two gold albums, and as a live music performer, he's played with and or conducted orchestras for several national-level musical artists uh, from North America and in Europe. Now, during the 80s, Mr. Rapani also acted as orchestra conductor at the Aladdin, Riviera, and Nugget Hotels in Las Vegas and in Reno. Big time, I'm telling you. So um, he's also been on TV programs like The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, Jay Leno, The Mike Douglas Show, Merv Griffin Show, Hee Haw, right here in Nashville, uh, Austin City Limits, and uh, Nashville Now, among many others. So it, it just goes on and on. And Richard, thank you for gracing our studio. We appreciate it. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here, Jeff. Thank well, you very thank much. You. Well, I guess what we should do, and we'll, we're going to get to why you're here, but let's uh, give, give some folks some more of your background here, because this is very impressive. Well, you know, um, I think you told the best part, but a few <laughs> of the other things are, you know, I, I toured with Ronnie Millsap uh, not too long after mm-hmm. college, which was a great experience. It was a lot of fun to get to travel all over the whole United States and also Europe As a, in my early 20s. It was really fantastic. And I toured also with Ronnie McDowell, and I also did, as a mercenary, went out a few times just with other artists, like I worked one summer with Lee Greenwood, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And there came a point where my true calling came in, I think, and that was, I realized I had always been, my major in, in undergrad was as a music educator. And so I went back at some point and decided, you know, I really want to make sure I get to teach. And I just started teaching private lessons. On, ja- on piano and jazz piano. And then next thing I knew, I went back and got a master's degree. And then I was at Cumberland University, where I was the head of the jazz department there. And then I see, gee, I think I'd like to get a doctoral degree. So I just went down a completely different path. Uh, uh, I worked with some great people over at the University of Memphis to get my doctoral degree. And then I got a job at Hume Fogg High School, uh, where oh, yes, I was there for yeah. 15 years, Did directed you? the wow. bands and the jazz bands and all that. So yeah. basically, I got to a point where I said, you know what Nashville really needs is an all-regional jazz band for, for students. You mm-hmm. know, This was not an idea I made up because they have one already. Uh, they have one in Murfreesboro. 
but they also have them in, in Knoxville and lots of other places. And so I realized, okay, I'm getting ready to leave Metro. I'm going to retire from my Metro school mm-hmm. teaching job. This is something I can do. Decided to do it. So there was the, this issue where a lot of the funding was being pulled from the schools for musical programs. Oh, yeah. Did you run into any of those situations? You know what? Um, I lived in a pretty ideal situation at Hume Fogg. Um, and the reason a lot of people are, are this misconception, because it's an academic magnet, they have a misconception that, that everybody's got money. But there was a lot of poverty in our school as well. I mean, it was it's in, still an inner city school. Mm-hmm. The difference, I think, I will say is the parents were so supportive at at that school that I never, and this is going to sound awful to a lot of other teachers, I always had enough money to operate. Now, we never had enough teachers and we never had enough space, but nobody has those things, you know. So I was lucky. I mean, I I was in a situation, uh, I had some great principals that really wanted the, the band to do well. And the jazz bands at Hume Fogg uh, were honored many times with uh, statewide honors. And uh, we had so many kids go on. We have, have had kids studying at all the great music conservatories. And yeah. so it was just, it was a good experience. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's sad that we had to face that. But I guess when they're, you know, they're sitting making budgets, they look at things like that. Right. But, and then there was a big push to, to really bring that back. You got a lot of uh, big, you know, high profile people. Sure that were on board with it. So I think that maybe helped to, to stimulate that. Let's find it in the budget somewhere. <laughs> and you know, by the way, we were, go- we're going to eventually talk about this jazz festival. Mm-hmm. When I decided to hold this festival for National Youth Jazz Ensemble sponsoring the event, I immediately decided to do it in Sumner County. And, and a lot of people said, well, why are you doing it there? You could do it in Williamson County or Wilson mm-hmm. County or Rutherford. You know why? Because the schools in this district, almost all of the high schools have a jazz band, and they all are good. Yeah. I mean, we only have about two high school jazz bands in Nashville in the high schools. I said, well, that's where the, all the bands are. Let's have the festival in their hometown. Got to keep jazz alive. Right. So tell us, since we mentioned that, tell us what the Nashville Youth Jazz Ensemble, what is that? Well, this is a nonprofit organization that has kind of two purposes. One is we want to present an opportunity for students like ages 14 to 18, so basically high school, throughout Middle Tennessee, you know, anywhere they live in Middle Tennessee, to perform in a really high quality, basically what we would call a big band jazz band. In other words, uh, like, you know, you might think of the 1940s and 50s big bands. Uh And so uh, some schools have one. Some schools have half of one. Some schools don't have anything at all. And so we thought, well, you know, let's let's make it where these kids can have an opportunity to do this sure. and learn this. And uh, that's one of the purposes. The other purpose is to bring this music to the community. So, you know, to foster support sure. for, and encouragement for the students in their learning of this and everything. And so... Well, that's what we do. Yeah, we, we do both. And there's a lot of great talent in Sumner County. I mean, there's right here. Lot. Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah. it's amazing how it's like everybody is talented. While you were talking, it's like if you could play jazz, I think you play anything. Right. Because, I mean, it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, um, it, it, it wasn't this way so much when it jazz started, but mm-hmm. it developed over the course of its history into a kind of music that is um, a high art form. You know, it's, it's, it takes a lot of skill, a lot of intellect, and unbelievable amounts of practice, similar to a classical player. Sure. So if you get good enough that you can play 
really play convincing jazz, you're really good. That reminds me of the time I was on the Jay Leno show. Mm-hmm. You want to hear this? Is yeah. I, my band I was with was called Brother Phelps, and they had a few country hits at the time. And Brantford Marsalis was the <clears throat> musical director. And when we were in the green room, we were just talking. He said, you know what? I really like it when country bands come on here. Why is that, Brantford? Well, because they can actually play their instruments. <laughs> He said, we, a lot of the other kind of groups we have on, the, they, they can't really play that well. So he actually performed with us. You know, he performed. Nice. Of course, he's a great jazz player. Sure. But he enjoyed, I mean, you know, we played, what we played was country version of blues, basically. Mm-hmm. And he was jumped right in there with wow. us. So. Uh, back in the day, I, I played, I was a drummer. Oh, yeah. And I had the opportunity to see Buddy Rich and his orchestra in Fort Lauderdale. Is that when you quit drums? (laughs) Well, I go, I mean, look, this guy was doing crazy moves. I mean, crisscrossing his own. I mean, it was just amazing, but tight, man. You're talking about a tight band because this guy would go into a solo and the minute they were, I mean, of course they practice, I'm sure, but they've done it many times, but they were so on point. They would come back in after his, his little rant damn hit it and it was like this was cool Did and you? to see it in person in oh a, yeah in a, in a like a supper club kind of situation uh, was really cool up, oh huh? my gosh did it was you know great. he didn't read music you know i thought i that yes i do remember that and he just what he did right is there. he had a, a rehearsal drummer and he'd had the rehearsal drummer play the chart the arrangement with the band yeah. and he'd watch and listen then he'd just jump in there and play it and do his own thing <laughs> play it by memory you know <laughs> It's crazy. It's talented, man. I'm telling you. So tell us what the uh, what the purpose or, or kind of the mission of the uh, Nashville uh, Youth Jazz Ensemble is. Well, you know, it's sort of what I said before, but there's a, I guess there's a little bit more. We're trying to offer this opportunity. I mean, like I, I've been a teacher in in this region for a long time, and I know most of the other directors still. I mean, band directors have an organization that we all get together and meet and complain about our jobs together. <laughs> of course, you know. But but I mean, we all we all get it, you know. So I know that a lot of them don't have time, and some of them don't have the experience because they might play oboe or something, and they mm-hmm. don't know how to do a jazz band. So I always thought it was it was bad that some of these kids that played trumpet or saxophone didn't ever get to do anything but concert band, which which I also love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, you know what, let's just offer this opportunity. And, and I didn't know if it would work for sure. But uh, this year we've got two bands, okay. two whole big bands. And so uh, we don't want to get any bigger than that unless we get more more workers to help because it's too big already. Right. Now you're doing rehearsals right now? Oh, yeah. You, so you're getting ready. That ends in May, is that correct? That's right. Yeah, the way we do rehearsals, we wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for the help of two places. And that is the American Legion Post in Donaldson, 88. They are letting us use this gigantic outdoor pavilion so we can rehearse outdoors. We did that all fall, and we're doing it again now because we we could distance enough and you know everybody still wears masks and everything but and then when we can't do the outside because if it's like when it got really cold or what uh there's a place in madison called premier global production which is an international a music production company that sends out these gigantic teams all over the world really to do you know tours across Europe and so mainly they provide equipment but they've got a sound studio in Madison this is like the size of a a grocery store and so they just let us use it how's the acoustics in there it's 
awful. <laughs> but it's free. But it's free. <laughs> it's, and, it's, and it's inside. It's yeah. not awful, actually. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. I'm being funny. but Because they set up for doing music videos and stuff. Okay. The only thing it's not good when you're practicing with COVID things and instituted is the people are so far apart. It's yes, hard to yeah. make music together. And it's hard to play brass with the with a mask on. Yes. So what <laughs> the kids have to do is take the mask off while they're playing and then put it back on. Yeah, yeah. So we still have to stay pretty distanced. Well, I think now they're 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 opening up the COVID vaccines to the young the younger yeah. people now. So mm-hmm. you know I've got to get mine over there and, and get them scheduled. That's good. Of course they have to be sixteen. You right. know she's turning fifty. She'll turn uh, sixteen in May. So I have to wait till that date. because yeah. They won't let you schedule it. So. Yeah, but that's great that you can get them vaccinated. Sure, absolutely. Now we do have. Um, a lot of reasons, I guess, where you would start this organization. And, yeah. and and tell us what prompted you to say, hey, you know what? Well, I know there's a need and you have a passion for it. So. Right. Well, but that, I mean, I think the reasons are, too, in addition to what I said about the students and wanting to offer them that opportunity. Um, we also have an opportunity for students who, who want to do it and can't afford to do it. We mm-hmm. have scholarships for that. Okay. And we have that built into our nonprofit budget, you know, uh, because... That's the other thing that I didn't really say is, you know, we want to make sure that there's a a diverse population in there and not just being people, you know, who can afford to to do it or drive. It costs a couple hundred dollars a year, but we don't, if a kid wants to be in there and they're good enough to be in there, we're going to find a way to help them. Yeah, you know, because just to rent the, I know in high schools, you know, you can rent the the instruments. Right. Like my son was on trombone. He tried that for a while, and you had, you know, you can rent it. And you you know, pay monthly for it. Right. And uh, so, I, do you have those things, or can they get that via the scholarship? We we don't have that because we don't have the capacity at, at all to offer instruments. Okay. But I will say that more and more in schools, if a, if there's a student who really is, uh, well, I know for sure this is the case in metro schools. Kids who cannot rent an instrument want to be in band. The school district has some way of providing okay. instruments. That, that's something that an institution as small as us couldn't we couldn't get into that. You know. Yeah. But I mean, we don't want to in- disinclude anybody. On the other hand, you know, like this is the thing. I, I was talking to somebody else about this. They were saying, well, what if a kid wants to play trumpet in, in your jazz band? Well, the thing is, if they don't have a trumpet, well, if they don't have a trumpet, they don't really probably don't know how to play trumpet yet. Mm-hmm. And it's an audition ensemble. Okay. So the the kids, we don't just have every kid that wanted to do it, or otherwise we might have a thousand kids. So if there is an audition process, you know, we don't want to disinclude anybody, but they got to be able to play at least some to be able to get in there in the first place. Okay. Well, Does that make sense? We, oh, yeah, absolutely. We've got a lot more to talk about. And we're going to be talking about the Jazz Fest coming right here to the streets of Indian Lake. And we'll talk more with uh, Mr. Rapani right after these words. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbag.com. And welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight right here with Jeff Shannon. We've been uh, talking with a fascinating individual, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Richard Rapani. He's the director of the Nashville Youth Jazz Ensemble. Now, Richard, we have this jazz fest that's coming up right here at the streets of Indian Lake, and that's coming up real soon. What can folks expect to hear and, and see here? Well, we hope that the day is, is a beautiful day Hopefully, and we have yes. lots of fun. But basically, you're going to hear, majority of the time, you're going to hear students in the, from all over Sumner County, actually from all over Middle Tennessee. Okay, yeah. Majority of them will be from Sumner County. 
performing with their school bands, performing jazz music. But in addition to that, uh, there'll be a performances by four of our groups from the Nashville Youth Jazz Ensemble. Okay, which is in a way, uh, in in a, in a way, it's an all star group taken from the whole Middle Tennessee. These are students that audition for the Nashville Youth Jazz Ensemble, and they get in. Okay. So we're a nonprofit organization that that promotes. So that. it doesn't cost these kids anything. Well, it, it costs them. A, no, it doesn't cost them to be in the jazz festival, but to be in the group, it does. Okay. But we have scholarships. Yeah, we talked about yeah, that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the other thing they'll get to hear is three guest artists, and okay. um, they're all being provided to us by uh, Jupiter, Mapex, and Exo Musical Instrument Group, which is out of actually the the national headquarters, I guess you would say, for that is in Mount Julia. And um, but they're the names of the guys are Richard Griffin, he's a tenor sax player, I love, great tenor sax, sax player. Yeah. Rod Magaha, who is really a nationally known jazz trumpet player. He just happens to live in Middle Tennessee. And then John Fedchok, who is a Grammy winning jazz artist. He's played with lots of famous groups like Woody Herman and others. But in New York, he is one of the best jazz trombonists and arrangers and he's an artist who is sponsored by uh, Exo Brass. And mm-hmm. so these three are all going to be performing with some of the groups. So in addition to the students, you get to hear some fantastic professional wow. players. So they're going to, the band's going to back them and exactly. that's neat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They got to be nervous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, kid, the kids. Yeah. yeah. That's they will be. Sure. Yeah. So some of the schools here in Sumner County uh, that you're going to have, because I know the the parents are going to want to hear them, they're going to well, come out and see you. I got the list right here in oh, my mind. <laughs> Hendersonville okay. High School, which actually has two bands playing. Do they, they got a big jazz program. Westmoreland Middle School, okay. Ellis Middle School, Gallatin High School, Pope John Paul II, mm-hmm. and also Beach High School. Okay, good. So all of those groups. Uh, and and that, here again, that's why one of the reasons I decided to have this festival here, because those, those schools all have a jazz band. I mean, it would have been more difficult in some other places that they just maybe one school or two in the whole county mm-hmm. does. Yeah. So what time is this going to kick off? It starts, and what's the date again? It's April 24th, 24th, which is a Saturday. It starts at 1230. And the first group on is one of the Hendersonville groups. Okay. So you don't want to be late because they'll be good. Okay. They'll be really good. And you'll be uh, starting the show off by singing some Ronnie Millsap. No, I will not be doing that. I don't <laughs> want to run everybody off. <laughs> no smoky mountain rain and uh, oh, maybe i'll just have everybody think about this think song about but if i sing it it'll ruin the crowd close your eyes and yeah. imagine we don't want any rain anyway so i don't want to call it <laughs> that's up right by singing yes. that. but uh and then you know and then it ends uh about 6 30 approximately you know hopefully we'll be right on time okay we got to switch over between all the bands we have some and we're doing this pretty big i will just say we have a great sound company event audio which is from right oh, over okay. here all right. right off of a Saundersville road yes they're doing the audio yeah, they're and, awesome and then we have concert staging which is uh, you, do you know jimmy j i bet you yeah, do yeah. jimmy well that's his his company where they're going to be setting the stage so they're actually going to build a bigger stage around the stages there and okay. they're going to put a truss just like at a big fair i was going to say if you have if, especially if you have an orchestra you're going to need yeah. some more space right yeah. there That's... we have some space but we don't have enough to socially distance okay and so we're building a bigger stage so the kids cannot be right on top of one another right right so what kind of uh i guess each each band how many songs are they going to do every band has a time block of about 30 minutes okay and so in that 30 minutes they have to 
get on stage, move whatever equipment they need up there, do a quick sound check, and then they can play however long they, they out of that 30 minutes it's left, but they got to leave enough time to get off the stage. Right. My experience from doing jazz festivals that my band played at, that means they're going to play three to four songs. Okay. Which is, you know, truthfully, for most schools, it's hard to pull off more than about four that you really feel good enough to play at a public festival, you know. Sure. So. Now, each each uh, school is going to have their own director. Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. They're high, like, for example, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Stavely, he's the director of Westmoreland Middle. Okay. He'll come out here and he'll direct his own band. Okay. I'll probably be up there announcing as will Jeff Phillips, who is the uh, former director at Hendersonville High School for many, many years. And he was at Pope John Paul for okay. a couple of years. He and I will be up there probably being a little too goofy because we do that <laughs> together when we're together. Uh, but we'll have fun and we'll try to keep things rolling. You yeah. know. Well, you, you kind of pick up some of the uh, techniques you learned on the Jay Leno show or Merv Griffin or yeah. one of those. Yeah. I, all I learned on those shows is I, did, I was too scared, scared to be on those shows. <laughs> Oh, you got to tell tell us one of the stories of one of those shows you were on. Well, it really hits your mind. It's like, wow. The, 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 I think I, the one I told you earlier is probably the best one. Is mm-hmm. when I was I was on the Tonight Show, and um, I'm so shocked because Doc Severinsen asked me to conduct the big band that evening. I was the director for Ronnie Millsap. So and you were how old? I was in my mid twenties. Wow! So I was terrified to even be there. But then he said, "Well, you should conduct the band." I'm going conduct the Tonight Show band. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you do it. He said, "No, you do it." So I I did it. But as I was conducting, there was one member of the Tonight Show band that he just refused to look at me. Absolutely refused to look at me the whole time. Like, I, I didn't exist in his world. I'm sure you understand. Yeah. Until I went up to him after uh, after the thing, and I, I said, Mr. C, I just want to tell you, when I was in college, I had your album that you did, and you went over to Italy, and you got a bunch of guys together, and you recorded this album called Conversation, and it was my favorite jazz album in college. And he finally looked at me, looked me right in the eye, and said, you're the guy who bought, bought that, that album. album. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I mean, of course, the whole rest of the band died laughing at yeah. his jokes. But then he didn't hate me anymore after that, so that sure. was good. No. Yeah, he just objected to the is the simplicity of the music because mm. these are the greatest players in the world, and the arrangements were written at a easy, <laughs> easy, easy level. So. Yeah. So very little practice to just hammer it out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't run it over twice with him, I'll tell you that. Yeah, wow. And then you're going, okay, look at me, come on. Yeah, yeah. We're going, no. shut up, kid. Yeah, I'm not going to, I didn't say a word. <laughs> but, I mean, gosh, the, the experiences that you've had, I mean, over the course of the years, and then electing to take the route of teaching is is very impressive. Because well, I think the kids, you got to have that influence in their lives to make them proceed and help them to get better. I started out as going into music teaching. Then I went off into performing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but but I never really lost the desire to teach. And so there came a time where I just slid back into it. When I, when I went off and I, I got my PhD at the University of Memphis, it's actually in ethnomusicology, which is sounds complicated, but it's really just the study of how music works in culture, within a culture, how it functions in a culture. And so, you know, you study music from all around the world, Native American cultures, mm-hmm. uh, in Indonesian culture, you know, how the music relates to the people in their society. And I've read some books. I just was shocked at the beauty of of the way they depicted that but anyway 
that i mean i've always used that in fact by the way i didn't even put this on my resume i don't guess but i teach now adjunct three classes in music history at belmont i was just you saw me so i was going to pull yeah. that right up because I, I mean know I'm you know that. that i mean i love doing all that and i love nyje which is the national youth jazz ensemble uh, that's hardly like work at all mm. i mean i really have fun teaching those kids and we're, we're having a blast even in this crazy year yeah. We have found a way. We got lucky a couple times finding a place, you know. At this point uh, in these kids' lives, they, they need that influence and direction, if you will, to, to proceed forward. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just, look, there's so much talent here. And there's so many great talents that have come out of Belmont and other universities here in, in Middle Tennessee. Right. It's just staggering. It you is. Know? When I'm at... When I'm at Belmont, I'm always thinking, you know, any of these kids in this class, they're going to be the next. I mean, people don't even realize how many stars in music, not just country, but pop and indie new Mm -hmm. groups and all this stuff came out of Belmont. I mean, it's become a magnet for kids who are already ready to go. They can already write great, and they're from all over the country. Because, I mean, if you're going to go to one college in the whole country that is totally connected to the music industry, think about it. That's it right there. To the, I mean, really, it is. Well, here in Nashville, I mean, downtown, I mean, there's several clubs all over there. Printer's mm-hmm. Alley. Do they have a jazz club back in there as well? In Printer's Alley downtown? I don't, uh, well, I thought they, they had a jazz. jazz room. Okay, all right. Maybe yeah. that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. But I thought they had one uh, down in the Gulch, too. There's and they've a small got, they, before COVID, they had three or four. I yeah. don't know what's still going. Right. It's yeah, sort yeah. of They're sad. Still performing. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Do you find that a lot of the, the kids here, I mean, are they going to New York or L.A.? Are they pretty much hanging here, They're doing studio work? or? Are you, you talking about uh, when they graduate yes. from college yeah. or mm-hmm. when they go to yeah, college? When they get out and decide that this is what they want to do. You know, it depends on the genre they're in. I mean, uh, the, the ones that are songwriters... Or, or even not just country, but pop songwriters, primarily songwriters, there's really no play, no reason for them to go anywhere That's but right here. here. That's Why right. would you go somewhere else? Heck yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you're if you're really trying to make it really big in the jazz world, I mean, you, you, at some point, you need to go to New York. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other <clears> hand, there's people that live right... A lot of people do not understand how many great jazz pros are in this town. Yeah. And it goes way back in time. It's not new. Back in the old days, there was famous... Jazz players that played on the Opry and everything. Sure, but but for the most part, I mean, you know, jazz is a much more limited field than it was back in you know 50, 60, 70 sure. years ago. And the place where it's still most happening, as far as the industry of it, I'm talking about, yeah. is New York. Yeah, and I, and I think, like I said before, I think if if you can play jazz, everything else just kind of happens. You know, and the funny thing about that is I always think this way. You know, as a music historian, I look at the 1940s and I think of bluegrass and bebop jazz. Both were born in that decade, the, the late 1940s. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of the equivalent of one another because they're both incredibly technically hard. They're at the, only the very best players. I mean, you, you know, they're none, of, none of this messing around with slow notes. These guys are <laughs> on, on either Charlie Parker, yeah. you know, or Bill Monroe. And they, and they, uh, it's interesting that those two styles came about yeah. at the same time. But those you know, those kind of players, they have to be really connected with their instrument. And basically, there's none of this practicing an hour a day stuff. Mm-hmm. Those guys practice four, five, six, yeah. eight hours a day. Some of them go away for a year 
and practice in a cabin and come back. I mean, not kidding you. So you have to, once you've got, gotten to that level on your instrument, you know, you've mastered the instrument. It's almost like your voice at that sure, point. Absolutely. Whatever you can think of, you can perform. Right, right. Uh, let's go back to the Jazz Fest here okay. at the at Streets of Indian Lake. Tell us uh, about that, the dates and times. and Right. Well, it's, it's Saturday, April 24th. It's right here at the Streets of Indian Lake. They've got a fabulous center of stage plaza stage plaza yeah. what mm-hmm. they call it uh with folks you'll need to bring out a chair there's yeah. some chairs built in but you'll want to have bring a lawn chair unless you want to lay out a blanket i think a lawn chair would be good mm-hmm. uh, there's plenty of room there's parking uh, not right at the plaza there's not sure. enough but just adjacent to the streets there's plenty of parking yeah. right and there's lots of shopping and there's shopping did i mention shopping there's shopping shopping and, and restaurants plenty to eat I tell it's you all what, right here. We are going to, uh, we're buying lunch for all of our kids and our workers. Oh, I'm well, paying that's... for it, actually. It's my present. Oh, uh, my, I just felt like it was a cool thing to yes, do. Very I hope cool. they appreciate it. <laughs> but Food. I'm buying it all for them at Bricks, and they're, they're giving us a real good price. Good. I'm buying all right. 45 lunches. They got great pizza and there's all kinds of places to eat here right? absolutely so people can come and spend the day here and uh let's uh, pray that the weather holds out that's what we're gonna do and that's gonna happen and if by the way there is a rain date okay if that date april 24th is a rain out we have may 1st set aside to do the same thing and we will if that happens we'll promote the heck out of it right here that's for sure yeah so well we've been talking with richard rapani he's the uh, director of the nashville youth jazz ensemble and richard thank you again for coming in here and sharing just a little bit of time with us great it's been my pleasure really nice meeting you too absolutely and i can't wait to uh see the the music and see the jazz fest it's going to be a lot of fun i hope so all right it'll be great well that concludes uh this edition of the summer county spotlight stand by we'll have more coming your way uh this is jeff shannon and again each sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here at whim for sumner county spotlight stay tuned we got a lot more coming up fnm bank presents sumner county spotlights since 1906 fnm bank has been serving middle tennessee with first class products and services visit them today at 221 indian lake boulevard in hendersonville or myfmbank.com and we're back with Sumner County Spotlight right here with Jeff Shannon. And we have a next guest coming in here. And uh, you might know of her. You might have heard of her around here. Uh, it's Kim Baker. She's the CEO of the Gallatin Area Chamber of Commerce. And she started back there in November of 2013 and was named CEO February of 2015. Now, her resume goes on and on. She is just amazing. All of these TCED, you have to tell us what those are and what they mean. <laughs> so let, let, welcome to the show. And uh, Tell us what all those mean. Hey, well, thanks for having me. Those little letters behind my name, they just, they mean that I sat through a lot of training and a lot of classes. Um, One of them, IOM, Institute for Organizational Management, it's a four-year professional development program designed for associations and chamber professionals. Um, And the other one is um, an economic developer certification through the state of Tennessee. You kind of need that for what you do, I guess. It's important. It's important to know those things and have as many tools possible in the box. And oh my gosh, is Gallatin slamming growth? It is what's going on and what's not going on you know <laughs> That's right. it is booming you know a lot of communities 
uh, across the country have seen a lot of things change over the past 12 to 18 months for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallatin, you know, we've seen some changes, but we haven't slowed down. And so it's it's really neat. It's a unique time to be at the helm of the chamber. And it's a really great time to see what all is going on. Absolutely. You have that new development out there off of Greenlee. Um, I think that's where it is. Uh, I was talking to Dr. Jolly, who's the, the, the yes. developer of that. And I'm trying to get him on the show. It's just, you know, he's, he's a, hard to pin down. He's, he's a, a busy guy. He's a dentist, this guy down in uh, Murfreesboro someplace. Yes. But uh, so, yeah, I wanted to talk to him about that facility he's got going on there. Yeah, that, that facility, for those that aren't familiar or haven't swung by in a while, you <laughs> should. There's you And stay a little while. There are a variety of different things in there. There's a beautiful new child care facility, Keystone. Um, they just recently opened. They are they do still have openings if you're looking for early childhood education. Um, there is Grant's Kitchen. Um, it is really delicious, like southern soul food cooking. Um, they're out in Mississippi. They This is their third location, the first in Tennessee. Fitness 1440. You're definitely going to need that after you go yes. to Grant's, especially <laughs> if you have the banana pudding. There's Love a it. dentist <laughs> office in there. Dr. Jolly is one of his partners okay. is in there. Yep. Um, and there's a new a Mexican restaurant in there as well with a beautiful patio um, Los Amigos. Mm-hmm. So perfect patio weather too. So let me ask you this. I noticed the the architectural design of those buildings. Are they continuing with that design in other areas in Gallatin? Is that kind of like a model that the uh, style that they want to see? A lot of these new developments, much like where we kind of are today mm-hmm. in the Indian Lake area, um, they have a set of standards. Um, and Kennesaw is another one. Um, and, uh, something that just recently went up is Store Local, I believe it's called. It's these new storage units. Mm-hmm. But when you drive by and you see them from the road, they look like the, these beautiful barns, which if you know the roots of the Kennesaw area, there were horse that was the start of horse racing in this area and so it makes sense that there are these storage units that look like barns there but they don't look like your normal storage units so again they're upholding that set of standards really making for a beautiful space with a variety of different offerings in it so now you guys have all kinds of things going on in gallatin Tell us, I know, and I had something in top of my mind and I forgot it, but tell me there's something you just started doing or something that's coming up. That the chamber started doing? Yeah. yeah. Oh. You got so many events. I know, I can't think yeah, so our chamber, um, we have over 200 events that we either self-produce or co-produce each mm-hmm. year. Um, something fun we're working on right now that the public wouldn't necessarily know as much about is a virtual career day. A lot of our schools, as you can imagine, over the past year, they have been really challenged with allowing visitors into their school and conducting regular programs that they normally would. So we had some K-12 partners reach out to us and say, hey, we're going to try to film some videos and produce this virtual career day so our students can still get to know local jobs we said you know what we have the capacity to do that so let's do that so actually at my office this week and last we have um, conducted about 50 interviews with local employers just capturing their story how they got to where they are why they do what they do what kind of um, education or training you'll need and what a typical day looks like Um, we've kind of dumbed down some of their stories um, so it is ideal for a kindergarten classroom to listen to all the way up to a 12th grade classroom Um, because you know at the chamber it's so important for our businesses to have success and strong starts but we know that those strong those starts are equally as important for our um, students in the area and now more than ever we need to keep in front of them the jobs that are available right here at home yeah well i know the job center's got a a big event there coming up we've been promoting it here uh for kids so employers who need to hire you know, 15 yes. plus kids, they, they're looking for job or volunteer opportunities. So yeah. we've been, been talking to that. So hopefully this is the, so this is the third um, annual youth 
job and volunteer fair we added the volunteer component so it's a partnership between the american job center um the gallatin chamber the shalom zone and the gallatin economic development agency and it's geared for those in the area who are seeking summer seasonal part-time after school temporary employment Mm -hmm. 15 to 18 years old and then this year we added on the volunteer component because we know that a lot of them are looking for those volunteer hours and likewise a lot of our nonprofits are looking for volunteers sure well, I know that the kids are itching to get out of the house, that's I know, for sure. I know. I've got a 14-year-old at home. I know you've got some youngsters, too. They're yeah, ready. They're they like, are. I'm tired of seeing y'all. <laughs> so we're ready to get them back out, too. Um, that is coming up at the end of April, actually, on – let me check the date. Yeah, because there's – you know, I, I want to get into how you've been affected this year. <laughs> and I know it's it's obviously things have happened this year that were not normal. So right. At, and you know, the chambers everywhere have been affected because of the larger events and you can't do them and you're restricted that way so how has that affected you you know it has a great impact on us um it's really i mean it's changed everything for everybody um it's significantly changed how we work and how our businesses that we serve work and operate within the community um for us you know for our chamber it was really important to us that we didn't close or cancel during any of this because as the voice of the business community we felt like that was sending the wrong message to the community if we said hey we're not going to be here or we're going to cancel everything and majority of our members because we serve our members um, said you know what we want to keep going so we had to figure out and that was the challenging part okay how do we serve you and you and you and it's never been one size fits all but now more than ever it's definitely not one size fits all so kind of meeting them where they are Um, so we are continuing to do almost everything we do um, in a hybrid format so we still have the in-person event we took we took about 45 days off from in-person happenings last year, so March between March and April, and then come May, we kind of opened back up and said, we've got to keep going, yeah. and we just got to do it very carefully, limiting size. Um, but right now, you can attend our events in person. You can in our att- attend our events online. Um, you can do a little bit, bit of both. It's kind of you pick and choose. Sure. Some of those we're getting away from doing virtually because more and more people are ready to get back mm-hmm. out, and if it's not... If you know, if we're having one and two people be ahead on a screen, and you know, I'm paying somebody to do that, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And sure. we'd much rather have them back in the room. Well, you know, the sad thing is, there a lot of the smaller chambers had to close. Right. I mean, people lost their jobs. I, I mean, they just they, they couldn't function. You know, with that, and you know, luckily, you know, our communities here in in Sumner County really thrive. Right. Absolutely. So we're, we're fortunate because, you know, I have chamber friends all across the country and you're exactly right. Um, some of them said, I don't know how I don't know how we're going to make ends meet. We can't afford our office anymore. And, you know, the good thing about a chamber and what we do is we don't have to be in the office. Yeah. I always say that chamber work <laughs> is a lot like church work. It's not done in the building. It's done out in the community. Yeah, right. And it should be. I mean, we yeah. should be out loving on people, loving on our businesses. And if I have a day, if I have a week where I'm in the office a whole week i'm doing something wrong i should be out doing stuff like this seeing you visiting our businesses um but it, it was unfortunate to see that but you know 
we we are we are in a great place here in Sumner County and especially I feel like in Gallatin right now where we do have that opportunity and business is happening and growing um, and we just have to kind of press along with that and meet our members exactly where they are and right now that's they're ready to be out and do yeah. stuff. Well, I know the Christmas parade was awesome. We were in it. We had our had our Tukey out Tukey, there. I remember. He was out there, but I was like amazed. I mean, we did the whole you know route coming through there, but people were just lined up. There, you know. Both sides it's it, they great. were it was one of our um it was one of our most att- well attended parades ever and i think a lot of it has to do with um people people were ready to be back out yeah. they were ready to be some be doing something it was a safe event you know you could distance you mm-hmm. could sit in your own car and we encourage that we encourage you know if you felt more comfortable sitting in your car do that we encourage people to stay in their bubble bubble kind of like an old PE class in grade school you had to keep your arms out away from your neighbors do that you know stay with your little pod and your family and your people um, or we had the virtual component and that mm-hmm. was the first time we have professionally live streamed our Christmas parade and and you know that's what's changed I think there's a lot of things that our chamber and other organizations and businesses have learned how to do and adapt during the past year they'll keep doing it that way you know there's we're probably always going to stream our christmas parade now we've kind of halfway done it like from a phone but i think we'll always do that and have a very professional stream so people can watch it from wherever they are um you know grandparents might live across the country and want to see little little billy and his boy scout that's right well i think technology the events of the past year have caused us to really embrace technology video you're forced you know the web the social activity i mean that has really in a positive way, I think, given more exposure right. to all of the events uh, coming up. Now, you got a golf tournament coming up. Is that still happening? We do have a golf tournament. Yep, it's on May 7th. Um, it's a fun day on the course at Long Hollow Golf Course, and it tees off at noon. We feed you a delicious lunch from Buffalo Wild Wings. They support us and sponsor that, and we do two flights cash prizes for some, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, though, before the golf tournament, the Gallatin Farmer's Market actually opens back up for the season and we are the market manager that opens back up on may 1st happens every saturday at 160 west franklin street from 9 a.m to 1 p.m so we already have 19 artisan and producer vendors registered for this year and we plan to have more um join us throughout the season so you name it you can probably find it at our market we're excited well now how was the downtown if they started the construction on the courthouse down in the square so they have closed off the parking lot um right next to the library which okay. is where the courthouse will be going and so that is barricaded off so if you're coming down to the library um, there are additional parking options you'll actually have to enter enter from the smith street entrance and um, you can walk around there or you can park around back but they have not exactly started but you know they got the dumpster out there and they've got it all <laughs> taped off so it's coming it's ready any day how long now are they, how long are they thinking that's going to last i think it could be about a two-year project wow or yeah. more. It just depends I mean, on how things go. It's a big project. It's yeah. going to be a beautiful addition to our downtown. I think it's amazing how they're able to take these buildings and do the things they do with it and oh, yeah. still maintain the, the, the history and the look Correct. of what you have down. I think it's phenomenal. And that was really important to us and most of the property owners in the downtown, you know, maintaining that look um, and also maintaining, you know, we were really, um, we advocated strongly for keeping the court functions in our downtown because that's important to our businesses um, that are down there, our retail, our restaurant our coffee shops, you name it. Those folks that are down there that rely heavily on that foot traffic, we wanted to keep it down Mm -hmm. there. 
Yeah, you got to keep you walking around. I mean, they're getting out. But uh, absolutely. Now, what about musical events? I know in August you got the uh, the event coming up, the Fire on the Water <gasps> Festival. Well, Has that you been know, affected very well, much? You know, uh, Fire on the Water should have been in year three during 2020. Um, that it's kind of yeah. We're not sure what's going to happen. It did not happen in mm-hmm. 2020. We're not sure what's going to happen in 2021. I'm a big music festival fan, so I'm happy mm-hmm. to see festivals coming back, making their returns. Well, Bonnaroo's coming back. Bon- they're, I, they're doing hey, Bonnaroo. I so. bought my tickets. I bought did my. You? I bought them on like day one. Usually we drag our feet a little bit. Yeah, this will be my yeah. um, 14th, 15th, 14th or 15th year on the farm. So. Oh, you hippie, you. Oh, you know, got to get away sometimes. <laughs> um, but we we did. We bought it, you know, and I think that that's what we're experiencing a lot with a lot of our events right now, that mentality. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, it's happening. I'm going. And, you know, I read a meme that, on the Internet that somebody said, invite me to everything this year. I'll come. <laughs> I'll come to your party. I'll come to people's parties I don't know. And I and I th- we're, we're seeing that. Things yeah. that we are having, people are signing up for. We're celebrating our 100-year um, anniversary. Our chamber will be a hundred. That's um, we're crazy. Already, we actually wow. officially already turned a hundred, but our party is in October. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've already got people beating down our doors trying to buy tickets. We're like, hang nice. on, those are on sale yet. But well, you know, I'm thinking that uh, you know, as the vaccine has really yes. started to kick in, I think people are feeling more comfortable. I think so. Can't do complacent, Willie, because of what they're saying is even though you have it. It just kind of prevents you, you from careful. being sick, and I, you still have to do the the things. And right. I think uh, Mayor Holt is still has the mandate in effect till I think the twenty eighth, and then reevaluate after that. But uh, I think it's a thing you have to take into account when you're doing these events. Correct. You do, we do, yeah. And that and that's something you know that that adds a whole other layer on. And um, you know, I'm really fortunate that my, I've been able to retain my entire staff. We actually grew our staff during twenty twenty, and a lot of that had to do with um, you know you had to add all these different layers on to everything you're doing oh like the technology piece mm-hmm. or oh all the extra precautions oh we have to have hand sanitizer who's been in charge of that and you know really assigning those roles to make sure you've got all the bases covered and to make everybody feel as comfortable as possible and then also to make sure you know to protect your own staff and your own team mm-hmm. and your organization to make sure you're doing all the right things sure well you know at the beginning of all this remember you remember how much they pushed don't touch your face right it, it, that was like the key thing don't touch your face don't touch your face made you think how many times you, you actually touch, your, touch face. your face it's crazy i know and they after that they never heard it again mm-hmm. now it's wash your hands sanitize you know mask and things right. like that but i think it's it, a, a different way of thinking and a new normal absolutely that i think it's going to continue i mean there are going to be some folks that refuse to wear the mask they don't think they need it and there'll be others that that want to do it so hey do what you got to do to keep yourself safe absolutely And, and that's been what's unique about our role at a chamber is because we, you know, we work closely with our healthcare partners. We work closely with city and county government, and then we work closely with our businesses, most importantly. And they all have different feelings and thoughts. And mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, they have to make their decisions sure. about what's best for their business and how they operate within their walls. So. Well, I think it, it's kind of great how all of these small businesses really had to reevaluate and how they survived and the techniques they use, like doing curbside, exactly. online ordering, things like that, that really helped them to survive. And a lot of them are going to continue that because they see it's successful absolutely and the ones we saw do really well right off the bat and didn't struggle as much were the ones that already had some of those systems in place they already had online ordering set up if they were a restaurant or they already knew how to do curbside or um, a lot of our retailers what we experienced was the ones that were already doing like a weekly facebook live sassy and brassy is one i brag about a lot because they have they were actually a mobile boutique before they were a brick and mortar um, boutique and they did mostly online 
online sales and mm-hmm. you know porch drops and all those things and so when it came down to 2020 they were like oh we know how to do this so something we did early on was we formed a small business task force um to make sure we we kind of brought our best and brightest around the table, those that already had it going and some of these systems in place. And this was in early March when we said, okay, this is probably going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get ahead of this. Um, and so we brought those folks around the table and helped them partner with other folks within their industry. You know, we brought some of our churches that already have very strong live streams and do the online services, connected them with some of our smaller churches that, mm-hmm. ooh, they'd never even thought about that. <laughs> um, and then, you know, allowed them to share their resources and that was my favorite thing about 2020 and really where we are now is that collaboration that not necessarily it's not that it didn't exist before but it didn't exist as strongly as it does now yeah well we're going to take a break right now and come back and talk about 2021 and what this holds in store for for the gallatin chamber and we're going to hear more with uh, kim baker right after this word fnm bank presents sumner county spotlights since 1906 fnm bank has been serving middle tennessee with first class products and services visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbag.com. And we're back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. We're talking with the CEO of the Gallatin Area Chamber of Commerce, and that's Kim Baker. 2021, what does that hold in store for the Gallatin Chamber? Well, you know, as I already mentioned, we're celebrating 100 years, and we've kind of got this mentality this year that you only turn 100 once. <laughs> and so, you know, after a year like 2020, we said, you know what, we're going to pull out of the stops. We're going to do it. We're going to go big on everything we do. Um, you know, kind of you, we think about our bucket list on events, like what would we really want to do to maximize this? We're going to do it. Because mm-hmm. it's like we, we were so kind of reserved last year, limiting capacity, saying, eh, we don't really need to do that. We'll leave that piece off. Nobody will think about about it this year we're going to kind of pump, put it all back in um, so one thing we picked up during 2020 i mentioned the farmer's market which is operated as your typical farmer's market on saturdays once a week producers artists we started in um, the summer of last year the moonlight market so at the market we started a night market where it's it has this fun swanky ambiance mm. little low-key music and where's that at? 160 west franklin okay. street right. um right centrally located right off the downtown square um, it shares a parking lot with the Gallatin Police Department. And it's okay. right across from the Gallatin Fire Department. So if you can find those two things, you can find mm-hmm. us. Um, and it, it has its own parking, and we have a variety of events there throughout the year. But we wanted to add a night market, and you know we thought this is the perfect time to try it. It's an outdoor venue; people are going to feel safe doing it. And we knew that there had been a lot of artisans and folks that make handmade items that had been kind of displaced during 2020 because there wasn't anywhere for them to set up. So we opened up our market once a month. On on a Friday for Moonlight Market. And so we're bringing that back. It actually kicks off on April 16th, so this this coming week. And we it will happen that particular Friday, which I guess is what, the third Friday of the month? Third Friday of the month from 5 to 8. So mm-hmm. April through November. We're going to take this all the way into like the Christmas season. Well, I think a lot of people can expand their business by making masks. Absolutely. I've yeah. seen some really cool ones. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there are a couple vendors, I think, that have some really cool masks. Um, so we're focused on vintage vinyl and handmade items. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're if you a lover of vinyl, like vinyl records, then uh-oh. Yeah. A vinyl mask. Oh, vinyl mask. No, not no, vinyl no. mask. That'd be weird. Um, um, vintage items and then also handmade artisan goods. So we've got a really great lineup um, and we'll be 
teasing that on our social media all week to get us excited for right. it. Um, something else we've got coming this year that's kind of new, it's something we've been wanting to do for a long time, and this just felt like the right year to launch it, is a farm-to-table event. Uh, Gallatin's first farm-to-table event. It will happen in the historic downtown. It's called Gallatin Farm-to-Table Dinner. We're going to close off the L of the Square, put tables out there in the streets. Um, we'll have live music and cocktails and tastings and things like that when do you so think that's going to happen that is going to be on september 18th september okay yep so tickets so will go starting on to sale cool down a little bit starting to cool uh, down yeah. you still got kind of like a crisp so kind of into summer early like intro to fall um seasonal favorites at least um will be four course meal um and at least one to two items in each course will be sourced from our local farmers so mm-hmm. we're really excited to showcase them in that way again we're having a big party in october we're having our 100th anniversary gala we will have a phenomenal band that's outside uh, located outside of nashville called for a good time call and uh, we have a very special keynote speaker planned i can't reveal it yet <laughs> um, but we are selling sponsorships for that right now and tickets will go on sale um, later this summer but that will be on october 23rd at the depot square and i think one of your previous guests chef chris he'll be doing the catering oh, yeah. you know chef chris is amazing and you know what a great business he's got going on there till he came on i really didn't realize that that was there i knew the the meeting side was there but right. to have the restaurant just phenomenal well and that was that was kind of one of those things that was birthed out of covid i yeah. mean you know i think they'd always kind of toyed with the idea but really when their events kind of stopped and they weren't doing a lot of outside catering they said what are we going to do it's a family-owned business yes. um you know three sons mom dad um and some other folks that work there with them a great team they said what are we going to do so they opened up a side put some dining tables in and phenomenal it's been a hit you can barely get in on the weekend you got to get a reservation (laughs) and you need to go i mean if you haven't gone yet after you heard him talk you need to go yeah and you know the great thing he's got all that extra space so if he's he gets booked over he he can go right into the event center yeah Yeah. hey we got more tables over here (laughs) and you know the ambiance that's going on there and and how particular they are about people being happy yes and loving their food absolutely and if i if i can make a recommendation if if you um like to indulge in cocktails i highly recommend the strawberry jalapeno margarita don't See let what? it scare you. It's so good. <laughs> wow. Well, then we got to get creative. And, you, know, you do, yeah. And, and I love it. You were telling me a story where you had something going on and you let the chef just create something. And they love that. Absolutely. They do. Anytime you can let your ideas run wild. And, you know, that's been something that we've been able to do at the chamber. It, you know, my staff will come to me with ideas and it's kind of like, you know what? If we're going to try it, let's try it now. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't work, we'll throw it away. Yeah. And so I've been able to really let my um, my team kind of run wild with their individual ideas about certain programs and different um, services they want to bring to the table and then different features. I've got one gal that has totally kicked up her um, video game. Um, not not video games, but like yeah. how she produces yeah. videos. You know, she has been a photographer, but I said, hey, we need to do some more video. And she said, okay. I said, I need you to learn. And so she's kind of become self-taught. She does little webinars and things sure. like that. And she's learned. And so that's really neat. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I think those things, I mean, people like to see that, especially if they're inside all the time. They, Absolutely. They're on the, they're on the, the YouTubes. They're on the Facebook lives. They're already there. They're Might as well give the, it to them. And, and, you know, why not use that? I mean, I think a lot of the commissions, uh, uh, you know, the alderman, like here in Hendersonville, they're still Zooming. I don't know if Gallatin uh, is still doing that, but yeah. I know the mayor does her video things. And you were doing a thing with her as well. What was that called? Well, you yeah, heard Baker and Brown. It's been on a little bit of a hi- hiatus, but we'll be bringing it back soon. But basically our talk show. And it's yeah. um, we launched that. Um, we had planned to launch it. Well, we did launch it. We launched it before kind of COVID was a thing. 
Um, and then it was really useful during last year because it was a great way to keep um, folks informed about what was going on. And we really enjoyed sharing our silver linings, kind of, hey, you know, we know there's a lot of bad going on, but these are some good things. And we have the mayor's nice list because Gallatin is the nicest place in America, as named by Reader's Digest. <laughs> and so we kind of played on those words, the nice list. So, you know, picking up on good things we see in the community and just telling everybody about it in hopes to encourage and then recognize that person doing a good deed. So in 2021, what do you see as your greatest hurdle to overcome? You know, I think um, for us, our biggest hurdle is, again, kind of, I think two things. One is continuing to kind of be so much to so many. You know, we have to, again, meet our members where they are, and we enjoy doing that. But with everybody in a different place and different comfort levels, that does become a challenge sometimes because you say, these members say, hey, I still want to be a part of this. I want to do this, but I don't want to come to anything right now. I don't. And so, yeah. you know, how do you meet them where they are and exactly. how do you deliver value where they are? And so, uh, you know, we, we have been successfully doing that but just continuing to do that it is kind of it's it's a challenge sometimes because mm. everybody's in a different place i think the other part is continuing to support our employers um, because a lot of them are struggling with either um, maintaining employees right now for a variety of reasons if it's child care I'm, I'm sure you've read the numbers but there are more wi- more women left the workplace in 2020 and it became i think it was 2.1 million might be might be higher um, but that's the lowest number of women in the workplace since the 1980s and and much of that has to do to caretaking and women being the primary caretakers for their families their children their parents whoever it is and so a lot of our employers are facing challenges right now um, retaining workers and then recruiting Um, because right now for a variety of reasons people don't want to go to work Um, they want to make money they just don't want to work exactly (laughs) no i mean you're i mean you're exactly right they they They, get more on uh, unemployment you know it's like come on and that's and that's a challenge and so we are you know, and are there valid reasons for people needing unemployment? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are there valid reasons not to work? Absolutely. But are there? Is there a portion of our population that is choosing not to work right now because they have a mean other means? Absolutely. And so working with our employers and working with our community leaders on um, the city, state and federal level to figure out what the solutions are to get our people back to work, Um, because some of them, it's no longer a COVID concern. It's just a we don't want to work. There have been a lot of programs, I think, that the government has issued to help businesses like, um, I guess, extended loans or programs, grants and things of that nature to help keep them afloat. Right. Have you seen much of that going on? About the, in, the programs, people utilizing those. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there have, you know, one that I think is great that has been utilized. Um, I, I know I, I serve on a local preschool board, and so I know that there are a lot of families utilizing um, the child care voucher right now in the state of Tennessee, and I'm sure other states have this. You have access to a child care voucher that will pay for you, pay for um, your children to go to child care if you're a essential worker. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the essential worker thing is kind of loose, and they've recently extended that but th- what that does is that that is is very proactive it allows those families to keep going to work because they no longer have to worry about their child being safe and secure you know now they know they have child care for their child every day it's paid for they can continue to go to for work because what we found too is a lot of folks lost child care um, because either if there were school closures which most of our state open some of them did have some closures at the beginning or they continue to have closures because of COVID outbreaks very few um, but a lot of you know a lot of young families 
families rely on grandparents or older individuals to take care of their children, which is a great solution. I'm fortunate to have grandparents that care for my daughter two days a week. Nice. Um, I know. And she loves it and they love it. And it's so good for everybody involved. But when the COVID thing comes into that, that is that creates some challenging. But I think the voucher is a great example of that. Um, you know, we've had a lot of our businesses take advantage of PPP round one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been really helpful. Um, the idle loans, you know, we've had, sure. and we've been um, very, since very early on, making sure our businesses are getting the right connections, whether it's their bank, if their bank's not offering it, help them find a banker that can get them in and working through that and making it as seamless as possible. Well, I know it's a, you know, as a, a membership-based organization, mm-hmm. you, you run into the people's, well, I just can't afford to renew, right? you know, but this is the time that they need to be out marketing. Exactly. <laughs> not and so let it go by the wayside. That's what's interesting about um, chambers you know if you really sit back and think about a chamber a chamber should be almost recession proof you you know because what you see is when everything's really good you you have more people that come to things because they they're like well business is good you know I can come to things now and just kind of float through but then when business is not so good they need to be out and like you said connecting with people making those connections and so we've experienced some of that during 2020 sure. are not we we've had experienced um, a lot of membership growth we had over a hundred new members during 2020 mm-hmm. and a lot of those are folks that are relocating into Gallatin they're expanding their businesses into our area and then a lot of them were some that you know come like April or May they were like, how do we find out about all of this? Ding, 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 the chamber. Exactly. So some of them were folks that have been members previously or some that had never really been before, but they knew that we were and living out our vision and our mission to be the catalyst um, for community development and the number one primary resource for businesses in the community. And they figured that out. They were like, oh, they are that. And so we offered a lot of our services to businesses that weren't members during 2020 yeah. because that's the right thing to do. You know, if a business calls and says, hey, I don't know how to do this this you don't say well i'm sorry you're not a member you know mm-hmm. i mean it's yeah. just like there, there's a ton of examples you could say you know if somebody calls it's the insurance example hey i'm here at the hospital i need help but i don't have insurance well you don't turn them away they you yeah. help them so we you know a lot of um kind of a lot of crisis response and helping those businesses sure. well so. i think and, and people have to realize that it's it's not about the membership or networking it's about building relationships relationships yes and those people that join a chamber just to join it to say you're on there. And then they say, well, I didn't get anything out of it. Well, what did you do? You have to participate in the chambers. You have to participate. So people get to know you. And then once you have that relationship built, you're going to continue that membership because they see the value that's happening. It's exactly right. I tell, I tell folks a lot of time, you know, they say, well, if they, if they bring that up, if somebody says, well, I'm not seeing a lot of value or I'm not. And I said, well, you know, being a part of the chamber is a lot like being a part of a gym or a church. If you don't ever go, right. you're never going to see results. You can get a gym <laughs> membership all day long. Yeah. I've had one. My husband gets real mad at me. He's like, why does this keep auto drafting? I don't ever see you going. And I'm like, yeah, I don't look like I'm going either. So but it's the same thing. And you, for us, what we offer, you don't have to necessarily come to things to be a part however there is a lot more value if you are out you know seeing faces and getting involved and volunteering and being ambassadors and 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 something we always you know we hear a lot well oh if you're the c-level person in the company like oh i can't come out i I get it like my calendar is crazy but you know you can send other people and Uh, you know research indicates that when you employers allow their employees to go out and be a part of the community serve on boards volunteer do things 
things they're passionate about. And if they allow them to do it during work time, they're going to be better employees. And ultimately, they're going to be better community members. And they're going to be better in all parts of their life. No, you know that. So, well, you know, there's just tons of great information. I think the the chambers are so valuable to the communities that they're in. And it helps businesses grow. And the chambers are there for you as a business owner to help you. Now, if you're not a member join. It's just going to benefit you. It's it's not going to be detrimental to your business. It's not going to do nothing but help your business Correct. grow and you succeed as a business owner. But Kim, thank you so much for coming in and sharing with us Absolutely. today. And uh, we'll have to have you back because things are always changing. You so know many that. things. We've got a lot of great things in store. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And um, if anybody's got questions about the chamber, they can call me. How would they get in touch with you? They could call me at 615-452-4000. They could find us on social media, Gallatin Chamber. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. We've probably got one. I've got some 17 year olds in the office, so I've got some wild things now. Um, And then they can always email me, kim at gallatintn.org. Well, thank you very much. There's Kim. We appreciate it. Well, that's going to wrap up another edition of Summer County Spotlight right here at WHIN. Heard each and uh, every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, and then on our podcast page at whinradio.com. Feel free to check that out. We appreciate your help on that. So this is Jeff Shannon saying so long. We'll see you next time on Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by f Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, f Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.